This is Jeff Cross, and welcome to the June 29th, 2023 edition of Views on the News from the Couch, a baby boomer's attempt to pass along his views on the news. Normally, this is where I have the quick hitters, but today, nope, just moving on. The Supreme Court overruled the use of affirmative action in colleges. I remember in Michigan a number of years ago that a student had to have a minimum ACT score to get into the university and a minimum number of points. Whites had to have a minimum ACT score of 26, but blacks only needed a 23. On the points, a prospective student earned points for your ACT score, grade point, and I assume extracurricular, probably for the essay too. And I think you received five points for being the son or daughter of an alum. If you were black, you received 50 points for being black. I would have been fine with five for blacks if your parents were not alums. 50 seemed a bit ridiculous. 50 seemed particularly ridiculous if a black applicant was the son or daughter of a lawyer and a doctor. Like the Huxtables, if you remember the Cosby show. We watched Cosby before we heard some bad stories about him. I have opted not to get into the weeds on the decision. Seems pretty straightforward. Enough of discriminating on race. Time to stop discriminating on race. And my understanding is that in Justice Roberts' decision, he said that colleges are free to take into account an applicant's personal story. Maybe one that isn't expressed in the essay they have to write. I personally had a pretty easy road. Hey, I had the usual childhood crap of not fitting in, but I had two parents. We weren't rich, but we were a hell of a long way from poor. I was told at five that my job was to get into college and they would pay for it. For the record, over the entire four years of college due to scholarships, they only paid a grand total of $3,000. But still, I had it easy. If a black child was competing with someone like me for admissions to college, should they have the advantage if we tied? It depends. Did the other person have two parents in a secure house? If yes, then hell no. But if that person had a single parent, they struggled to get by, the person had to work not for extra spending money, but to put food on the table, then hell yes, they should have an advantage on college admissions. And you know, that would be true whether the other person was black or white or yellow. Any color. Maybe we could do this whole thing colorblind. Not that it had any legal significance, but in, 2000 and, in a 2003 affirmative action case, Justice Sandra O'Connor opined in the majority opinion that, quote, we expect in 25 years from now the use of racial, racial preferences will no longer be necessary to further student body diversity, end quote. On the one hand, I think you can correctly ignore the implied sunset clause. You don't get to do that as a justice, though it is interesting to know the thinking of someone who was in the majority. However, if she thought you really shouldn't be discriminating based on race, then maybe she should not have gone along with it for 25 years. If you are interpreting the Constitution, I don't think saying we are going to violate it but only for a bit makes any sense. But you know, maybe it does. Read Obama's comments below. I link to a Huffington Post article titled Supreme Court Declares Affirmative Action in Education Unconstitutional by Paul Blumenthal. The author says that, quote, Roberts stated that schools are not permitted to judge candidates for admission based on their race, end quote. Now directly quoting Roberts, quote, 
Many universities have for too long done just the opposite, and in doing so they have concluded, wrongly, that the touchstone of an individual's identity is not challenges bested, skills built, or lessons learned, but the color of their skin. Our constitutional history does not tolerate that choice. End quote. The majority specifically found the actions by the universities violated the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. The author says, quote, while the decision ends race-based admissions policy, it does not deny the use of all forms of racial identification and admissions so long as they are through the lens of an applicant's experience as an individual, end quote. Justice Roberts wrote, quote, Nothing in this opinion should be construed as prohibiting universities from considering an applicant's discussion of how race affected his or her life, be it through discrimination, inspiration, or otherwise, end quote. I assume the left will scream white supremacy, but if we are going to group people, let's call it like it is. Asians will be the big winners. They have to score way higher than everybody on college applications because they kick ass. What stupid things are people saying? Let's start with Whoopi Goldberg from The View. Quote, when you have a justice who says something as ridiculous as, I don't get it, it just makes an Asian kid, a Native American, a black kid feel like you don't matter. Like you don't understand why my struggle is hard or your struggle or your struggle? Is it leading to no women in colleges soon? Who knows? End quote. Really? Is she saying an Asian kid will be discriminated against because of this ruling? And she thinks there will be no women in college? What the hell is she talking about? But something funny happened. My quick look did not find a lot of stupid things. I found things I thought were going to be stupid. I'm biased, but they weren't. So I created a category, and not so stupid things people are saying. For some reason, I thought President Obama dropped a verbal fart, but I have to say I liked what he said. In fact, I think he nailed it. Quote, like any policy, affirmative action wasn't perfect, but it allowed generations of students like Michelle and me to prove we belonged. Now it's up to all of us to give young people the opportunities they deserve and help students everywhere benefit from new perspectives, end quote. And I was really ready to unload on President Biden. He had this nugget, quote, it's a simple fact. If a student has had to overcome adversity on the path to education, the college should recognize and value that. Our nation's colleges and universities should be engines of expanding opportunity through upward mobility, end quote. Isn't that what Roberts said in the decision? I guess I could have put this under the stupid section since Biden does not know he's agreeing with Roberts, but I'm thrilled when Biden's position is correct. It's so rare. And AOC. Even AOC's comments are at least okay. Quote, if SCOTUS was serious about their ludicrous colorblindness claims, they would have abolished legacy admissions, a.k.a. affirmative actions for the privileged, end quote. The colleges can ditch the legacy thing on their own, and I don't think legacy was an issue that was argued before the court. But she has a point. Much like the abortion decision a year ago, I think much will be said about the affirmative action decision in the coming days, likely much hyperventilating. 
With time, we will wonder why we did not do it sooner. My hope is that colleges will take specific situations into account. Not a broad, race-based generalization, but a more personal, specific view. That is what Roberts is calling for, and Obama, and Biden. Since affirmative action is about race, I want to make a comment on racism. It comes from Ben Shapiro. He said the demand for racism exceeds the supply of racism. Never before have we had so little racism, nor have we desired so much. Racism is so desired that it has to be created. Think of the Smollett case in Chicago. Or microaggressions. Friggin' microaggressions. Unless it's a computer or biology, pretty much anything that starts with micro is non-impressive. Do you want a micro car or a micro house or a micro pool? I'm not even going to bring up micro penis. Before I heard of the affirmative action ruling, I was going to chat a bit about abortion. It's been a year since the Supreme Court ruled that the Supreme Court should not be involved, and that was an issue for legislatures. I think specifically state legislatures. Some on the left tried to spin that as judicial overreach. Kind of funny. They called an overreach a judicial position of, yeah, that one's not for us. Our opinion should not matter. Many Republicans celebrated the overturning of Rose. Well, they should. It was an abomination to the Constitution. Some tried to impose very limiting abortion restrictions. Some passed. Others did not. And Republicans likely lost the Senate and did not win as many House seats because the overturning of Roe. And because Trump is, is and was a dick. Former Vice President Mike Pence is pushing for a 15-week ban on abortion. I think that would apply to all states, and states could choose to make tighter restrictions. I wonder, though, if many states might coalesce around 12 to 15 weeks for abortions, much like most of the civilized world, just not like North Korea. Pretty much the same as the Mississippi law that, was, that kicked this off a year ago, and where a majority of the American citizens feel the limit should be. It's good to be principled, particularly in one's personal life but not so much to be an absolutist when you're in government. My thinking is that a year after the abortion ruling, we might be heading towards middle ground. And many argued, including I think Liberal Justice Ginsburg, that if the Supreme Court had stayed out of it, the political branches would have worked the abortion issue out. A frequent listener said he has liberal friends who keep saying Republicans are fascists. My first question was to have him define the word fascist. I think most really don't know what the word fascist means. The frequent listener nailed it. Here are my thoughts on what the word fascist means. Often it is difficult to get a specific definition, but what I gleaned was that there are three main elements. One, dictatorial leader. Two, private ownership of companies but government control. Three, government control of the media. Another way of looking at it is where did it come from? Like a lot of crap, it started in the university system, but I think Mussolini was the early leader, not Hitler. Mussolini had been a devout and committed communist. Where he broke ranks with the communists was when communists wanted to have a world order that transcended national boundaries. He was against eliminating the country concept. Let's look at Republicans versus Democrats through the fascist lens. We can argue over which party is more inclined towards a dictatorial rule, so I don't think the first element is dispositive. I do think I hear more about Democrats feeling they have to have continuous control of the government, though. 
But which party wants to control businesses? We have a winner. That would be the Democrats. I'm not sure I can claim that the government controls the media, but do feel that it is clear that the media is 90% or more on one side. You know which side. But there is one area where Republicans are clearly more fascist. Republicans want national boundaries. We want a nation. There is a desire on the left for more of a world order. And folks, I'm not impugning their motives. I think it would be a horrible end result. But again, I'm not impugning their motives. So on not wanting a world government, Republicans are more on the fascist side. Democrats more on the communist side. Do I really want to argue that Democrats are the real fascists? Nope. I just want them to stop using the effing word. Thanks for listening to Views on the News from the Couch. If you like this podcast, please share with your friends. If you did not like it, please share with the rest of the folks you know.